I listen to the diaries because it sparks ideas for new adventures. Whether it is an episode about an epic adventure or a backyard micro-adventure, I start thinking about my next adventure. I'm inspired by the people and their stories to go a little farther and dig a little deeper. If you want to add more spark to your adventurous ideas, consider subscribing to the Diaries Plus today. I'm Crystal, a longtime listener from the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina. Thanks to everyone who has subscribed to the Diaries Plus. It's been awesome, and you're powering the show as we move into the future. If you're interested in subscribing today, there's a link in the show notes. Please join. Now, on to the show. I really wanted to go skiing. You see, I grew up in Colorado, but I had made Texas my home. At least once a year, I migrated back to the mountains to fill up that little part of my soul. I needed to breathe the crisp, pine-scented air and gaze upon rocky ridges. I am a married, 50-something mom with five sons. My husband is the athlete of the family. He shared his love of team sports by coaching the boys in soccer and football and basketball. I love the outdoors, and I shared my passion for skiing with the kids. I also love to travel and became the designated family vacation planner. When our oldest son turned five, we began taking ski trips every year. When each son turned 13, I took them on a mother-son trip to the destination of their choice. Four out of five chose to go skiing, which might have come from a little bit of pressure from mom. And then there's the middle child, Luke, who chose to go to Disney World for his 13th birthday. He wasn't usually interested in conforming to my ideas. About a decade later, spring break was around the corner. I tried to get the family together to go skiing, but my husband had to work, my two oldest sons were busy opening up their paddleboarding tours for the season, and my two youngest sons made plans with friends to go to the beach. So I was surprised that Luke, now in his 20s, was totally on board with the idea of going skiing alone with his mom. To make things interesting, I suggested we ski our way from Dallas to Lake Tahoe. Luke said we could take his newly renovated 1990 Dodge Ram van for the trip and van camp along the way. Our mode of transportation didn't really faze me. We could save some money on hotels, and I could have my son captive for long conversations on the road. Every mother's dream and every son's nightmare. I eagerly helped Luke clean the van organize the supplies, and wash the bedding. Luke and some buddies had taken the van on its inaugural thousand-mile trip to Mardi Gras in New Orleans the week before. Needless to say, it had to be aired out. Luke had gutted the interior of the van to make a kitchen, a sleeping area, and a storage area. Well, either his money or his time, or maybe both ran out, which left the front part a tad neglected. If jealousy existed between inanimate objects, it would have been right between the van's aged and dilapidated driver's port and its gleaming, rustically refurbished living port. Luke felt that such a fine vehicle might be the target for some theft-minded vagabonds. So he succeeded in keeping the exterior of the van unappealing to criminals, as well as to anyone else. Faded maroon paint, broken front grille, cracked windshield, you get the picture. As we took our positions in the captain's chairs, I christened the van Sherrod from some peeling wording on the side panel. 
Luke slipped the key into the ignition and held it there just long enough for me to suspect the engine was not going to turn over. The thought crossed my mind that the van may not actually make it 3,000 miles. I mean, after all, it was 26 years old and had 220,000 miles on it. But I love surprises, so I buckled up without thinking too much about what was ahead. I also had a credit card as my backup plan. We headed west out of Dallas toward Santa Fe, New Mexico. The busy streets and the billboarded highways slowly gave way to dusty-colored fields and fenced-in farmland. It was a typical warm spring day, and we viewed miles of golden grasslands waving under endless skies of blue. They say everything is bigger in Texas. Well, that's pretty apparent when you drive from east to west in this state. After about seven hours, we started to see the flatland develop small rises and rocky ridges. The mountainous terrain grew as we crossed into New Mexico, and we saw the first signs of snow. The drive passed quickly with Luke. He's a born entertainer. In preschool, he would crack jokes at the lunch table. In elementary school, he performed in musicals, tap dance recitals, soccer, football games. And then high school brought out his country western dance skills to the stage. But the prize always went to Luke's mouth. As a young kid, he endlessly chattered and asked questions. He began calling me Jeannie instead of mom at a young age knowing he could get my attention faster when he was competing with four brothers. He had such an active imagination that I was never sure if he was telling the truth or bullshitting me. Embarking on this long road trip would give me a chance to finally figure this child out. During the first few hours, we mapped out our course and travel times. We did a mental inventory of some necessary items we packed, ramen noodle soup, coffee, sunscreen, extra socks. I asked about the Mardi Gras trip, and I got the clean, edited mom version, which I was totally fine with. We had an arsenal of CDs and audiobooks, but Sherrod's sound system had a few quirks. The CD player was quite discriminating. She favored a Mexican rap CD the previous owner had left in the player. When we replaced it with our audiobook, the CD player would decide which chapter it wanted to play. It was kind of difficult to follow the story of the kite runner listening to chapter one, then chapter eight, then chapter four. The player liked the Dixie Chicks, but totally denied us of any Leonard Skinnerd, And only the driver's side speaker would pump out the sound. So we changed seats occasionally, just to be fair. Ten hours later, we wheeled into Santa Fe with ample time to locate our first enchanting camping spot, the Walmart parking lot off of Cirillo Street. We scoped it out and then headed to the main square for some dinner. Later that night, Luke gave me my first lesson in van camping. Since Walmart didn't officially invite us to sleep in their parking lot, we had to make a stealthy entrance. Luke pulled into a nearby gas station and told me to get out, go pee, brush my teeth, and put my pajamas on. I silently obeyed. I remember thinking this was kind of a weird role reversal moment. Ready for bed, we drove back and pulled into a spot far from the front doors of the store near a small patch of grass and trees. Luke jumped around like a lightning bug, locked the doors, pulled the curtains over all the windows. 
He hung a serape blanket from the ceiling behind the front seats to prevent any peeping toms from looking in from the front windshield. He then scrambled to the bed and threw a sleeping bag over himself. My mouth hung open, but I dared not speak, so I followed his lead. The sound of his heavy breathing told me there's nothing more to do but go to sleep. I woke up first, of course, and I went outside to take care of business. Fortunately, I had the cover of pre-dawn darkness and the nearby trees. I snuck back into the van and fell back asleep. As the sun rose, Luke woke up and stepped outside. Not 30 seconds later, he jumped into the driver's seat, told me to get up, and brought Sherrod's engine roaring to life. Still half asleep, I couldn't fathom the reason for his panic until I saw the police car parked behind us as we pulled out. We didn't wait to find out if we were doing something wrong. We peeled out onto the main road and headed up the steep mountain toward the Santa Fe ski area. I might not always know when Luke is BSing me, but when it comes to skiing, we see eye to eye. We follow the creed that a lift ticket should not be wasted, skiing from the minute the lifts open to the minute they close. We exercise a little caution on the first run, getting used to my new skis and his rentals. And I quickly realized that Luke liked to be in the lead. After decades of making decisions for my kids, I was content to just follow him. He would turn down the mogul run. I'd bump down right behind him. He'd head off into the trees. I'd slice through the pines. It was so fun to ski with this kid who skied the same tempo as me and liked to face the challenge of some steep diamond runs. It was a glorious, sunny weather. We toasted the first ski day with a beer at the lodge and then headed back to Sherrod. We wiped the wet snow off of our skis and boots and stashed them under the bed platform. We rumbled down the road, and five hours later, we landed in Flagstaff, Arizona. Strangely, the Walmart there had multiple signs in the parking lots forbidding overnight camping. Even though other vans and RVs were parked there, our inexperience made us cautious. We stayed in the equally luxurious parking lot adjacent to a Super 8 motel instead. Luke reminded me of the nighttime regimen. Gas station potty stop, brush teeth, pajamas on, drive to motel parking lot, lock doors, pull curtains, go to sleep. Again, I obeyed. The sun rose, and we popped into drive mode toward Arizona Snowball. They practically paid us to come ski there. For $29, we got a full-day lift ticket and a $15 credit toward food or merchandise, or as Luke put it, beer money. The vibe was definitely spring break party. Luke loved the cute college girls, I loved the outdoor deck with a band, and the mountain was full of great runs. After an opre ski burger and beer, we headed back to Sherrod, it was hard to drive away from Flagstaff. We watched the sunset over the peaks and the pines of the Coconino National Forest. The vibrant greens of the dense forest against a glorious sky of orange and pink made us long to stay. But we had the prize of skiing at Heavenly to look forward to, so we pressed onward. After a brief one-night stop in Las Vegas, we finally reached the Sierra Nevadas, the dark, snowy switchbacks that led us up and over the mountain into Lake Tahoe were a challenge for poor Sherrod. Her old faded headlights, rattling steel body, grumbling engine, and tires with next to no tread 
left us wondering if divine intervention was the only reason we got to Lake Tahoe. That spring had record-breaking measurements of powder. As Texans, who only see maybe one day of snowfall a year, we were thrilled to drive along streets piled high with eight feet of snow. We selected the lovely Grand Casino for our night stay. In the back parking lot, of course. Lots of trees, grass, and easy 24 access to the bathrooms inside. The next morning, we woke up giddy to ski at our ultimate destination, Heavenly Mountain. We made the short drive up the mountain and made coffee and oatmeal in the parking area. Eager to get every dollar's worth out of our lift tickets, we jumped on the earliest lift and skied bumps and powder between California and Nevada. Amazing runs, boasting with picturesque views of Lake Tahoe as we shot right and left down the mountain. No wonder they named this place Heavenly. When the lifts closed for the day, we dragged our tired, sun-drenched bodies off the mountain. We pulled the van down to a dock on Lake Tahoe and whipped up some soup and pasta as we watched the sun slowly slip below the water. Luke's number one rule for van camping is to never park in the same place two nights in a row. Hello, Harris Casino, and thank you for a lovely night in your parking lot. The next day was just more of, well, heaven. Deep powder, bright sunny skies, and not too crowded. We reluctantly pulled out of Lake Tahoe the following morning to head back to Texas. We traveled along on the east side of the Sierra. The sweet pastels of sunrise had just appeared beyond the snowy peaks when we noticed a sign pointing to Mammoth Ski Mountain. Somehow Sherrod knew we couldn't go home until we skied this epic resort, and we took the next exit off the highway. The next thing we knew, we were popping into our bindings at the base of Mammoth. The snow was so deep, there were areas blocked off under the lift so skiers wouldn't hit their heads on riders' skis dangling from the chairs. I faithfully followed Luke over to the back side of the mountain. We got about halfway down when I realized something was up. It was icy and windy, and no other skiers were around. Further down the mountain, the lift stood motionless. The only way out was to climb back up to the trail that looped around to the front side. And from my vantage point, that looked like a Himalayan expedition. I yelled to Luke, who was 50 yards away, that I was hiking out. I don't know if he heard me or not, but he was on his own to get out of this mess. Completely annoyed with him and the situation, I packed my skis on top of my shoulders and started the arduous climb up. We had reached an impasse, so I found my own runs for the rest of the day. Of course, later, he had to brag about how great his runs were compared to mine. We packed our boots, poles, and skis into the van for the last time. Road trips always seem so much longer on the way home. And Sherrod tested our limits. The heat came early, and we drove home in 95-degree weather. When we tried to turn the air conditioning on, she pumped out heat. Thinking we could outsmart her, we turned on the heat. But she just pumped out more heat. We spent the drive from California back to Dallas with the windows down, sitting in puddles of sweat. We stopped worrying about the spastic CD player or making conversation because all we could do was listen to the sound of Sherrod's wheels hammering along and the wind whipping by for a mere 1,500 miles. Despite these challenges, I found that Luke is great fun to be with. 
He's just the right mix of crazy, bullshit, gossip lover, dreamer, and Reddit reader. He can make any conversation interesting and last longer than ones with my other teenage boys, which consisted mostly of one-word answers and grunts. I still don't know if he's telling the truth half the time or just playing with me, but I don't really care. I love him for the free-spirited, independent-thinking, fun-loving man that he is. For nine days, I filled my soul with the joy of skiing, breathing in the mountain air, and spending time with Luke. It was so different from my everyday, where I follow the work schedule and I often seek comfort. A comfortable couch, a comfortable car, and comfort food. That trip with Luke reminded me that putting myself in an unpredictable and possibly uncomfortable situation is part of any adventure. An adventure is what makes life interesting and fun, no matter how bumpy the ride. My name is Jeannie Adamson, and this is my short. Support the Diaries comes from you. The donations that you all make, they go a long way. They help with the little extras to make the show better. Thanks so much to everybody who's donated this year. Thank you, Jeannie, for sharing her story. Music today from Bradley Carter, John Barry, Evan Schaefer, and Publish the Quest. The tracks are courtesy of Free Music Archive. Jacob Bain and Nice Koto composed our theme song. You can find the links to the artists at our website, dirtbagdiaries.com. This episode was produced by Cordelia Zars and Ashley Langholtz. Becca Call is our executive producer. I'm Fitz Cahal, and you've been listening to the Dirtbag Diaries. Thanks for tuning in. Support comes from Kuat Racks. Their Ibex overlanding truck bed rack is made to handle substantial loads both on and off the grid. You can go anywhere with it. Seriously, constructed from lightweight yet durable aluminum, the black powder coat is made for all the nature you can throw at it. Available in seven different frame sizes to accommodate most truck models, the Ibex is engineered for adventure with versatile full and half height configurations. For more details and to visualize your Ibex configuration, you should do this. It's super cool. It's a neat augmented reality program. Check it out. See what it would look like on your truck. It works super well. Visit kuat.com, kuat, because you will absolutely love this overlanding truck bed rack.